Hello, and welcome to the Relentless Podcast with your host, Kevin Johnson. Hi. Usually I have some guests on with me, so keep an ear out and we'll see who visits. This series that we're going through for these episodes is the First Principles series by Jeff Reed. If you want more information about it, please visit build, that is B-I-L-D dot org. You can grab a book, a copy, and follow along with us and your home group or your home church. Thanks so much. See you in the episode. Hey there and welcome. And well, you know, uh, I first I apologize, uh, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, hi, this is Kevin. You know who it is. Um, we kind of, you know, skipped a little bit of the book here. We recorded uh, me and Rick becoming a disciple um, out of the first uh, principle series. It's really exciting. And then, boy, things got real busy. But uh, we have still continued on reading this book and discussing it. If you aren't familiar with what this is, um, our church and other churches are going through the first principle series, um, which is a discipleship series, which is really, uh, I'm seeing a lot of growth and a lot of ex- exciting <clears throat> um, discovery of things that we have always known and always wanted to know. And it's been really um, wonderful to be like, man, well, wh- what is baptism? Why is it important outside of the uh, typical traditional answers? And so it's been a very fun discovery. But I'm going to backtrack uh, at a later time and fill in the the missing uh, sections. If you want to get more access to information about these books, just go to build.org. Now that's B-I-L-D.org. So, and you can find the First Principle series, and it's great for your youth group. It's great for your church. It's great for your community, for your home church. So, check it out. Uh, it's not sponsored. We're not sponsoring them. We're not being sponsored by them. I mean, I guess we are sponsoring them by saying it. But anyhow, today it's just me. I don't have a guest on with me, but we'll get the ball up and running. Uh, tomorrow night, our youth are going to be stepping into this topic. So, I wanted to get it out to those who maybe uh, are an auditory learner, or perhaps they uh, reading is something that may be a disability uh, or they're not fully capable of doing uh, well. So we just want this to be a tool to be helpful. We're not trying to monetize someone else's content. We're just trying to understand where our audience is and where our kids are and their needs and um, how to help them out best to be able to engage in study. So <clears throat> Kevin Johnson, hi there. We are reading Belonging to a Family of Families, The First Principles of a Community Life by Jeff Reed. This is Series 1, Book 2, and we are now reading Session 3, Living with a Believing Family. In the times of the early church, there was a type of literature called household texts. These fall; these texts fall into two types, individual households and larger households. In the In his letter... To the churches, Paul uses both of these types. First, we will look at the texts that speak about individual households. In the next session, we will look at some of Paul's specific guides for the household of God, the whole church. The purpose of the individual household text was to give a picture of the guidelines for family life, <coughs> excuse me, especially in the light of of how those families were to live in the community. Paul and Peter used the format of their culture to explain how families of Christians were uh, were 
to live within the church, God's family. There are three of these individual household texts in the New Testament letters, Ephesians 5.22, verse 6 through 9, Colossians 3.18 and 4.1, and 1 Peter 3.1-7. In this session, we will study the Ephesians passage in a time when the guidelines for marriage and family life were being redefined in our culture. It is vital that we build our marriage and families upon God's design. Study the scriptures. Read the passage, Ephesians 5, 22, 6 through 9. Verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, also so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands. Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself." And let the wife see that she respects her husband. Moving on to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 through 9. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Verse 5, bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. Masters, do the same thing and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and that there is no partiality with him. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. I ask that you would help us to understand your word. And even as I'm just laying out the foundations here, I ask that you would speak to the people listening that will inspire good discussion when they come together in their next small group, or even with their families studying this independently. In Jesus name. Amen. All right, back to the book. Think through the questions. What are the basic responsibilities of each family member? Feel free to pause think, maybe write your own thoughts. Who's your responsibility? What's the responsibility of the husband, the children, maybe even the sons, the daughters? 
Are there different responsibilities for each? Second question. What does Paul mean when he states that a husband is to love his wife like Christ loves the church? Feel free to go back and read that verse and maybe take a few notes and highlight it. See what stands out to you. Number three. What does Paul mean when he says that a wife is to submit to her husband? Feel free to think about that one as well. Don't want to insinuate anything here. It can be a touchy subject, as I know myself. Being a young man, we wag that verse around foolishly and just look dumb. So really, let's get to the heart of this. Number four. What does it mean for parents to train their children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord? Go and think on that one for a minute. Take a peek at the scripture, reread it. Next, summarize the core teachings of the passage. Write a paragraph, outline, annotate, or chart your conclusions. Whatever best communicates for you. For me, drawing pictures sometimes. Be sure to comment on the specific role of each family member, then write a brief summary statement of God's design for the family. Core teaching of Ephesians 5:22, 6 through 9. Consult the scholars. The following comments are designed to help you better understand the passage and stimulate your thinking on the implications of the teaching. Read and reflect on this brief commentary on Ephesians 5:22, 6 through 9. These next commentaries are selected and input into this book to help inspire thought, um, potential. They're not inerrant scripture, but they are there to help stimulate our minds to think beyond the box so we can have good discussion when we come back. As mentioned in the introduction, there are three household texts in the in the letters to the churches, two by Paul and one by Peter. These passages form the framework for the understanding God's design for a family. Remember that Paul's job description was to reveal Christ's administration, the house law, or guidelines for his household? In this passage, Paul addresses household guidelines for families. This means that there are guidelines. <clears throat> this means that these Guidelines are Christ's very design for families that are part of his family, the church, and therefore to be practiced by all churches. The structure of the passage is very simple. Paul directly addresses each household member, wives, husbands, children, fathers, slaves, and masters. The entire household unit is addressed, and they are addressed in a logical order. He first addresses the one under authority, and second, the one in authority. Wives are to submit to their husbands. Children are to obey their parents. Slaves obey their masters. Husbands are to love their wives. Fathers are to patiently train their children. Masters are to treat their slaves kindly. And an individual household is in view throughout the entire passage. Masters and slaves are mentioned since many of the households in that culture included servants, some hired and some some indentured. Therefore, instructions needed to be given to everyone in the household since the household unit was to be a smaller unit within the household of God. The directives 
to the slaves and masters are mainly applicable to cultures where a similar household structure exists today. Some argue that this passage should only apply to early church culture. The problem with this is twofold. Per first, Paul's job description was to explain how Christ is ordering his households, which are the possessors of the truth worldwide. That is what he is doing here, giving order to the individual households of faith. Second, the purpose of the entire letter to Ephesians must be considered. Paul is instructing the church at Ephesus how they should walk as a Christian. The pa this passage is a major part of that instruction. Some argue that the passage is not teaching that wives should be submissive to their husbands, but that there should be mutual submission of the wife to the husband and the husband to the wife. At one level, this is true. We are all to be subject to each other. That This is how Paul ends this is how Paul ends the previous section in Ephesians 5.21. Yet the point is that each is to submit to his or her responsibility. Husbands are to lead and love their wives. Wives are to follow and respect their husbands. Children to obey their parents. Fathers are to assume responsibility of shaping the spiritual direction of their children. Slaves are to submit to their masters. Masters to, are to deal patiently with their slaves. We must ask... What is the logic of the passage in Paul's letter and writing? Is it that he didn't like women and children? Was he just a product of his times when women had little value? The passage is clear. The husband is to love his wife as much as Christ loves us, even giving up his life for her. He is to cherish her. He is to give her significant, patient attention to to the development of his children. Why then these directives? Because Christ has a plan for his people. His plan centers on the church being a family of families. For the church to function orderly, its families must be orderly. God created an order to things, and when we follow his created order, families and churches work. In our contemporary Western culture, this at, at first seems foreign to some even archaic because our culture communicates such a different message. We're going the opposite direction of these guidelines. And what is the result? Our families are fragmenting, authority is breaking down, and we are creating a generation of children devoid of all the benefits, character, and securities of stable family life in which men are leading their homes. One of the most profound treatments of this family breakdown is David Blankhorn's Fatherless America, confronting the most urgent social problem. Once the father's role as leader of the family is abandoned, all levels of the family and community begin disintegrating. Movements like promise keepers will have little lasting value if we fail to follow Christ's instruction for our homes and churches. Christ has a plan for his church, which includes guidelines for individual families. He expects us to follow it. He gives it to us for very good reasons. Note, in this commentary on the Ephesians passage, we are not dealing with many of the significant guidelines for marriage and family relationships. We will come back to this passage in two other booklets, Enjoying Your Relationship, The First Principles of Marriage, and Passing on Your Beliefs, uh, and passing on your beliefs, first principles of a family life, and deal with the instructions of leaving, leading, 
loving, respecting, and several other personal aspects of family relationships. Both of these booklets are in a series, are in series two of the first principles series. Read and reflect on key quotes. The following quote is taken from Stephen B. Clark's monumental work, Man and Woman in Christ, an examination of the roles of men and women in the light of scripture and social sciences. This is an exhaustive 800-page book which deals with all, with all aspects of the household text on both the family and the church. In addition, he proves that the object the objective use of credible social scientists science research supports this wisdom of Christ's plan for the family and the church. Ephesians 5:22 through 33, like its parallel passage in Colossians 3:18 through 19, forms part of a section of the epistle commonly described as a quote household code, another fancy word, hostafel. Both Ephesians and Colossians contain a series of exhortations to wives and husbands, children and parents, slaves and masters. These exhortations are paralleled by similar exhortations in 1 Peter, which show something of the same structure. The household codes in Ephesians and Colossians, along with the their close parallel in 1 Peter, are part of a wider category of teachings, include including sections of the pastoral epistles and material on the apostolic fathers, which instruct Christians on how to approach important relationships according to God, according to God's design. Teaching in the early church probably taught about relationships in this way as they instructed the new Christians. Quote, the teaching on how to conduct particular relationships, such as the husband-wife relationship, was part of an even larger body of Christian teaching on personal relationships found in many places in the New Testament. The household codes in Ephesians and Colossians are embedded in larger sections, beginning with Ephesians 4.1 and with Colossians 3.1 or 2.8, that could be entitled, quote, How to Live in the body of Christ, end quote. In Ephesians, this larger section begins with an exhortation to live in a united way as members of the body, as member, <clears throat> members of the body. It then proceeds through discussions of the old life and the new life, loving one another in Christ and living in holiness, and then to the household code. Just before the passage on <clears throat> order in marriage, Paul gives exhortations like, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you, end quote. In other words, the context for the teaching on the order in the husband-wife relationship is the teaching on basic Christian love. To successfully live in God's order for marriage, husbands and wives must put away bitterness, wrath, anger, and other sinful activities and be kind and tender-hearted to one another. The household code in Ephesians and Colossians then does not teach on everything which goes into the relationships it considers. Rather, this part contains a very specific kind of exhortation, an exhortation 
on order in those relationships. Feel free to pause and write down any insights you have. Now we're to the next part of the book, which is thinking through the issues. Think about this before your discussion. As mentioned above, in our Western culture, it is easy to dismiss the teachings about men, men's and women's roles because it is going a different direction from the prevailing opinions of society's philosophy. It can seem like it will be repressive or violate the basic worth of the individual. What is really at stake is the whole issue of authority. What is often not seen in society's focus in society's focus on the rights and needs of individuals is understanding, sorry, undermining of authority. Subtle at first, then eventually an all-out assault on authority. Discuss what it means for homes to be structured according to the household text while living them out in the context of love, mutual respect, and tender relationship. Also, discuss the relationship of an ordered family to order in the family of families, the local church. Issue, implications of the individual household guidelines. Think through the issue before the discussion. One, why do you think Christ designed an individual household to function the way he did? Two, what might be the relationship of the household order of which families in the household order of the family of families, local church? Three, what might result from rejecting these guidelines and embracing a democratic approach to household order? And four, what might be the result of failing to, to view these household guidelines in the context of Christ's overall plan, the context of love? Feel free to take some notes and prepare so when you come to small group time, you can have your thoughts and share it with the others and gain their thoughts. How to apply these principles practically according to the book at the very last piece of, the, of this section says it is now time to respond to what you have studied and discussed take your time on this section think back to the first three steps christ's design for a family may be different from the family in which you were raised it also may be different from the way you currently believe or even have your own household structured you may need to restructure your marriage relationship and possibly your entire household design an application for your life. In the space provided below, write your own thoughts on how your current household family design compares with Christ's design for a family. I encourage you to uh, do that portion after having a discussion, either with your small group, your church group, your youth group, your house church, home group, whatever it would be, so you can have a bit wider of a perspective as you go into compare and contrast. I found, and I'll end with this, uh, as I read the word more and study the word more, I'm having a lot of things that I used to believe as fundamental truths, and those truths aren't per se changing. The truths remain fundamental. 
but my understanding of them have changed. And the purpose behind what I'm doing as a believer significantly has had to come up to another level. So I know these booklets are fun. They can also be stretching. They can be, some of them, a little tiresome. But I understand the purpose of preparing for the full context of what we're talking about in different sections. So Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you and grant you shalom. Thanks for joining us today and I'll get us all cut up here soon. And I hope this becomes a resource for you or your friends or your church group. Again, if you want more information about these booklets where you can buy them online, please go to www.buildbild.org. O-R-G. God bless. Thanks again for listening to the Relentless Podcast. I hope you're enjoying the First Principles series by Jeff Reed. For more information on how you can get copies of the book for yourself or your church or home group, please visit build.org. Relentless is not affiliated with the Build program or Jeff Reed, but we are creating a free-to-use resource for our students and other members who otherwise may be physically disabled and unable to read the written content so you can participate audibly. Thanks so much. See you next week.